This is Obscuragami. I am <laughs> Thomas, and I am Ben. And you're listening to Obscuragami, the podcast about obscure things. Yeah, the journal of obscurity. I like uh, that journal. Journal of obscurity. Yeah. That's a good. I, I feel like journal has a certain kind of like uh, casual uh, connotation to it. Mm-hmm. It's not too formal. Um, whenever I'm tagging the podcast on the various services we upload it to, mm-hmm. I'm always like hesitant to put like educational as a tag. <laughs> For obvious reasons. Even though like. That's kind of like it's very hard to categorize this podcast because I don't yeah. really would just want to say, oh, it's educational because I don't recommend. How do it. how do we categorize it then? I categorize it as both education and humor. And I hope that kind of like threads. What if what if the site that you're using only allows one choice? Uh, Which well, you go? Th- I that hasn't been the case yet. So far, right. I can just like Take tag, all apply. tag it with yeah. multiple things. And but if the, it came down to the wire, but if it came down to it, I think I would go with educational because I think it yeah. ultimately like we are talking about information. Right. Um, and trying to like tell people about things, mm-hmm. however poor of a job we may be doing at it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's probably the best descriptor of the show. I just it's just not complete. Yeah. And I don't want to I kind of, you know, don't want to overpromise. Keep right. expectations low. Don't Definitely. expect to be educated. Low expectations is kind of the founding principle of Obscurigami. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's been the principle that's kept us going. Yeah. For all these months. <laughs> <laughs> we, well, it's probably been like six months now. What time? Has when it really? Did we, start? we started before November uh, last I don't year. Know. So, yeah, at least half a year at this point. Wow. What do we, got, what we got to show for it? Pretty soon it'll be time for our anniversary. There'll be like cake and ice cream. It'll be, yeah, we'll have it'll to be throw, rad. Uh, we'll have to throw a like a one year pizza party or something. Just not pizza. Party. Should invite our fans, yeah. our listeners. Should have a contest. Well, today's topic, uh, like all of our topics, could potentially not be considered obscure, depending on where you're from in the world. If you're from the good city of London, you may have heard of the Ravens in the Tower of London. The, uh, the Ravens, there's six of them that live there, and uh, they, are, they have been kept there allegedly since the 1600s. Um, and there's a, a superstition that if the Ravens ever leave the Tower of London, then the Kingdom of England will fall. Interesting. So naturally... Uh, a lot of effort is right, put into maintaining right. their maintaining the, their population. Yeah. How do they keep it at six? They have a captive breeding program. So okay. I guess they they rotate them out and they or they don't allow them to mate. Their wings are clipped so they can't Oh, like, they can't leave. They can't just like right. fly and, about and And it's not a desirable enough location to live that like right. other and ravens are. There's coming. not a lot of ravens. Around. Naturally, in the right. area of yeah. London anymore, there were in the in the fifteen hundreds and sixteen hundreds, but since that time, the population <laughs> has dwindled considerably. Although in two thousand and four, they uh, 
they found the first wild nesting of ravens in the area. But other than that, there's there have yeah. been no reports. Yeah. So so these six ravens are allegedly um, it was King Charles II, either him or his uh, his royal astronomer that started the, the tradition. And depending on who's telling the legend, one the the opposite person, the person who didn't start it, was really annoyed about it because the royal astronomer was using the Tower of London to stargaze and the birds were right. like pooping on the lens and creating yeah. havoc. In that version of the story, the astronomer's the one who wanted to kick them out and the king was the one who wanted them. Okay. So in in either version of the story, are they they just were living there on their own to begin with? Like they weren't right. put there initially. Right. Right. The, okay. In that version of the story. Right. Oh. The other legend is that they came there because that's where the executions used to be performed. I and they, their ravens are carrion eaters. Right. So they right. would be drawn by the stench of death and yeah. the corpses lying around. Hmm. And hmm. then still another theory says that they were brought there to uh, to dramatize the executions. To have yeah, like a, yeah, a dark a little, black a bird theater. there for theatricality. Yeah. Um, but there's... How, how French. <laughs> <laughs> but there's still more theories... That say that the ravens didn't actually show up until the 1800s. That they were actually like a Victorian idea that was created. Sort of, and sort of like yeah. retroactively applied to, history. applied to history. Interesting. So the it's very unclear how they actually got there. The Most historians believe that it was in the 1800s that it started becoming a tradition. Um, and of course the numbers fluctuated over the years. They weren't always six of them, but six is, has been the traditional number. What's, what's the lowest it ever fell? Do you know? Uh, during world war two, uh, the tower was closed to the public due to the blitz. And at the end of the war, there was only one surviving Raven. Oh, wow. And, uh, Winston Churchill stepped in like the fearless leader that he was and of insisted course. that the uh, <laughs> that the population be brought up to normal. And yeah. since then, it's been pretty well maintained. Um, there's always been six ever since then. They started their captive breeding program in 1987. So prior to that, they were all wild caught ravens. Yeah. Uh, the ravens were sort of institutionalized and given like military IDs. So they're treated as if they're members <laughs> of the military in some form or fashion. Yeah. Not exactly clear on how that works specifically, but they have their identification, and they're uh, they're there. They're part of the uh, of the the guard I'm just of the Tower of London. I'm of just the crown jewels. Uh, ravens with little like um, lanyards. Yeah. See, none of the photographs show them wearing their ID. Yeah. So I don't know how they carry it. Maybe they. Maybe it's just like stored in their living quarters. Yeah. How they, I wonder, well, they're probably tagged somehow. And, I mean, there's a Raven Master who's one of the, the right. Beefeater guards. He can probably tell them specifically apart. designated just for taking care of the Ravens. Yeah, that, that, would, be, that would be quite the job to have. It's, want... it's kind of like a falconer. Yeah. But way more awesome because you're specifically focused on, you're specialized in one type right. of bird. And not only that, but you're specialized in, like, birds that are like symbolic of a nation in yeah. a way i wonder if 
I always wonder with occupations like that, if the person doing it like set out to do that or right. just casually like fell into <laughs> like they were just going through the paper one morning right it's like falconer uh needed for uh for military work must be willing to work with ravens right and then you have to do background checks and if stuff i if i was advertising that job i would definitely advertise it as raven master raven master because yeah. that i mean that term is just yeah but then in the google searches you know how many raven masters really are there in the world right so how many, how many people are searching for raven master right. job tower of that's London. true but you know i feel like your pool might be smaller if you used raisin raven master right raisin master <laughs> <laughs> if you raven, used raven uh <laughs> raven master uh must be proficient in photoshop and microsoft excel five years experience minimum that needs a bachelor's degree in AV and aviary studies. Aviary studies. I wonder what kind of um, bachelor's degrees you can get that have to do with birds. We're about to find out. Go on or or continue, and I will. Uh... The uh, the current Raven Master is kind of an interesting fellow, and there there will be an interview with him linked to in the show notes. But if you want to know a little bit more about him, it it is a job that requires military experience. You have to have some, uh, in order to be part of the beef eaters, you have right. to have military experience. I think yeah. 22 years. So, Avian biology major. There we go. This is what you would be. Avian biology, or is there like a branch of zoology that applies? Uh, avian biology is just the first thing that came up. There we have it. So I imagine there's probably other bird-related degrees you can get, but that seems to be the main one. So yeah, your path to this job would probably be more like you want to be a beef eater, and mm -hmm. then you just also happen to be into ravens. Right. And then the current raven master dies, and I'm assuming there's some right. sort of like ceremony, and then they... Presumably. They, they, they take the birds into a room. This is what I'm assuming happens. Mm -hmm. They take the birds down into a room, and they put them all there, and they bring in like 10 potential candidates. Yeah. And then like they line, them, they line up the birds, and then they just let the birds like fly, fly around. And they fly, to whichever <laughs> one they fly to, that's the next yeah. Raven Master. I get the impression that before Churchill kind of reinvigorated things, that it was not very seriously maintained. Right. Yeah. That it was just kind of like a little bonus extra to like get people to come to the Tower of London and take the tour. Yeah. Or whatever. And then there was also Ravens. But now it's very seriously maintained. It's and much more venerated. Their diet is very regulated. Yeah. And it's that's funny that like it's basically almost a superstition, but it's got more intense over time. Yeah, like it's not just like a casual right thing anymore. Yeah, it's interesting that it it has a reputation for being so old, but we can't even be sure if it existed yeah. for. Uh, 200 years prior to when we definitely know it existed. Yeah. Hmm. It's a bit of an oddity. That is weird. That is a, that's a good one. I wish I could, I could say definitively how more about the origins right. of it, yeah. but there's really not. We just have a, a few legends and theories yeah. and why is it so vague? Are the accounts not trusted or were they just 
oral for quite some time and well, written there was account. there was naturally ravens in the tower right for a while for a long time yeah. so nobody really knows at what point, point it became like an institutionalized tradition yeah, yeah. like there's not documentation of oh at this point we're going to start a tradition of right it just became at some point yeah somewhere along the line and most likely during the victorian era yeah. so around the 1880s it's what most people seem to gravitate towards. It's so funny. I wonder. I just want like what the initial. Wouldn't you love to be in that marketing meeting? Right, or to just be that, like like what were the initial discussions, or who who was who was there making that decision initially? Who was like, oh, mm -hmm. we've noticed. Uh, you know, I want to bring it to the attention of the board that <laughs> the Raven population in the tower has been dwindling in a steep decline uh we are concerned about the future of our great nation <laughs> or even just you know that are uh, or even just we need to like make up a story and circulate it people are getting much less uh spooked by there's there seems to be a rise in crime because executions are less feared because of the right because of the rate but there's less ravens <laughs> <laughs> so we got to keep keep the image up yeah i'm not sure at what point uh they stopped yeah, I'm performing executions the executions were probably stopped before the the ravens were see if i can forced, dig up that information real quick forced to stay around those poor birds all cooped up there clipped wings they they are allowed to kind of flutter fly, around. flutter around the grounds they just can't really oh, fly right. distances yeah, yeah, yeah. because their wings are clipped and I don't think these ravens are the best treated ravens in the world. So I don't think they have yeah, much probably, motivation to leave. They're probably very happy as far like as they have a diet ravens of go. meat and eggs and yeah. all sorts of healthy things. They get to meet, you know, dignitaries like Vladimir Putin and other yeah. passing through people. I'm sure I'm sure some people feed them tourists. You, Do you know. know their names? I'm assuming they have the names if they batch. have if they have ID cards. Yeah, that's in the show notes. I'll pull it up real quick. There was a raven named uh, named Charles who was killed by a dog. Oh. He was not the happiest of ravens. It reminds me of that story or joke that people tell about the ham, like the Christmas ham or the Thanksgiving ham or something, where like the mother cuts the ends off of the ham and puts it mm -hmm. in, in the plate and one of her children asks, why do you why do you cut the ends off of the ham and she's like well my mother always did it mm -hmm. and then they go and they ask the grandmother why why did why do you cut the ends off of the ham and she mm -hmm. said well my mother always did it and they go right. to the great grandmother and they ask her why did you cut the the ends off the ham and she said well my my pan was too small <laughs> and it's just kind of this like how do these things start well there's ravens there well, why are the ravens there? Well, for whatever reason. We don't even know. <laughs> we don't even know what reason. But we must have these ravens. <laughs> <laughs> so there are several ravens in the in the batch. There's more than six. Oh, they kind of currently. Give them, they give them shifts. And, uh, well, you I guess they take shifts, or either that, or this list hasn't been updated in a while. I'm or looking you just, at the uh, Tower of London website. Or you just have to have a you know a couple spare ravens on hand that case right. in case one 
dies right. and you can't get another one up and there that's quick i mean that's always a concern well with dogs and right in 2006 there was a lot of concern about the avian flu right and so right. special shelters had to be constructed and yeah. the birds had to be taken inside and if your raven population drops too low i mean what did you say it was down to one during world war it II. was down to one if that's not a sign that the they raven almost... population is the sign of the times definitely then I don't they know almost didn't is. make it yeah can you imagine if that last raven had died hitler would have been what, victorious what the world would look like today yeah, we'd all be speaking german yeah amazing all because of that one raven wow uh their names are bran like raven bran yeah um <laughs> porsche p-o-r-s-h-a okay not less, like the car less less of a raveny sort of name porsche raven i can still aaron raven aaron okay uh merlina merlina so like merlin right but with an but a on a, the end and a female a female version right yeah moonin 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 m-u-n-i-n okay who is the only uh, Scottish raven, it would appear. Uh, yeah. And also the oldest raven on this list, born in 1995. Do they have an Irish raven? Um, no. Most of the ravens, in fact, nearly all of them, That's were born wait, in Ireland Somerset. Is, Ireland is independent, though. Wait. There's I'm going to edit that out. I don't know. Not, I know there are different, like, uh, immigra- not immigration, but, like, the visa laws for Ireland are different are different for Americans right. than they are for the rest of yeah. Britain. Yeah. Uh, and, can, uh, yeah. You can, you can stay in Ireland for a year. It's one of the few countries we have a working visa, uh, tourism visa arrangement hmm. with. Uh, New, New Zealand, Australia, Ireland, and there's one other I forget, though, but are all are the only Iran. countries you can just... You can automatically, as an American, get a year-long visa with, hmm. and you can work. You can work with that tourism visa. Wow! Most countries, you get like ninety days or something, yeah, and you yeah. can't. Get or a less. Job. Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, side note: There's a great Irish comedy group on YouTube called Foil Arms and Hog. I haven't heard of this. You, you've this probably sounds... seen some of their videos because yeah. some of them went viral on Facebook. But uh, they have a great one that talks about Ireland and the different ways that it's divided up mm-hmm. amongst the United Kingdom. And it talks <laughs> about how the United Kingdom all plays together for like the Olympics. But oh, in yeah. football, in soccer, they play as individual countries. And in some, in some <laughs> sports, they play like the Republic of Ireland versus Northern Ireland. <laughs> and it becomes a bit of a... A muddle. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, I'll show it to you later. Anyway, where were we? We were on Moonin, who's the only Scottish. Merlina is from South Wales, by the way, in case you wanted to know. Okay. Uh, Hugine, I guess. Hugine. H-U-G-I-N-E. Uh, Rocky Grip with two Ps and Jubilee. Rocky Grip. That's uh, a good one. Rocky and Grip are two separate Oh, oh ones. I see. Sorry. I thought that, that was, was... That was Rocky, comma, Grip. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Rocky Grip. That's a good That's a good name, though. That's like the kind of name you would want for like your uh, action hero and like yeah. a, a 
kid's uh, rocky grip rocky grip it almost <laughs> makes it sound like he doesn't have a good grip which is not what you want yeah in that's not hero. Really what you want yeah no you're right you're right maybe okay maybe but it's not it, so it, great. We'll you know, it could go it. either way yeah 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 we can workshop it so yeah those are the ravens and there's a little footnote here that points out that Eugene and Aaron are sisters. So there you go. Wow. Who knew? But yeah, it's interesting that I stumbled across this because I actually, uh, I was hiking the other day and we actually came upon a couple of ravens that were like circling the, the peak. And I didn't know anything about ravens previously, but I went with my brother-in-law who's a falconer who knows a lot about ravens. And I, I learned a lot about ravens. Did you know, do you know the differences between a raven and a crow? Other uh, than that, they're different birds. Do no. you know how to, like, tell them apart? No, how do you tell a them? A raven is much bigger yeah. than a crow. Okay. They have, like, a, a bigger beak. Yeah. Um, and they fly with their tail in, like, a wedge shape, sort of, like, pointed downward, whereas yeah. crows never do that. Crows don't do that. Interesting. Also, a group of ravens is called... You've heard of a murder of crows? Right. A group of crows yeah. would be a murder. A, a group of ravens would be a conspiracy. Makes sense. Yeah. Also, another difference is uh, one is extensively written about by uh, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe, Poe, and the other is not. Right. So. The other has a folk band. Yeah. That uses their name. I feel like I had another question, but I can't think the of it. The Edgar Allan Poe story does play a little bit of a role because it came out around 1845, uh -huh. which is like, so it would have been coming to prominence, literary prominence, around the same time that the tradition is believed to have emerged. Yeah. So it could be a factor in why it still exists and why it's gained the mythos that it has. That's very interesting. Yeah, I didn't know about that. I wonder what other kind of... Uh, government animals there are in the world like mm. you know I don't think I don't know of any animals that the US government keeps in some sort of like um, what's the word like I mean obviously we have we have animals in our service for right. various things but just that we keep around in some sort right. of well every I mean I guess you could think of uh, Puxatani Phil True, as a government is, maintained yeah animal yeah. I mean, that's a municipal one but right and then every uh every thanksgiving our government federal government pardons a turkey. turkey yeah i don't know whether we keep the turkey or what becomes of the I'm turkey assuming after it's that pardoned. turkey is ray like i'm assuming they're not just grabbing a wild turkey out of you know some state park somewhere they're probably yeah. raising a specially trained turkey that right. gets white house clearance and then yeah They've released background it check, probably drug tested. They probably just they probably just the CIA probably just secretly kills it and then has it for a turkey dinner. <laughs> that's that's how the, what the Secret Service does on Thanksgiving. <laughs> I'm gonna look that up now. What happens to the? Uh... Well, since the 1940s, presidents have been annually presented with a turkey in a ceremony. It was George H.W. Bush in 1989 who uh, pardoned, who first pardoned the turkey. Oh, and since then, it's become a tradition to pardon the turkey. No president has ever not pardoned the turkey that he's been presented we'll, we'll with. We'll see. We'll see. We've got a very, uh, we've got a very untraditional uh, administration <laughs> in there right now. The, the <laughs> 
There's a great photo on the Wikipedia page. The caption reads, President Harry S. Truman receiving a non-pardoned Thanksgiving turkey. <laughs> the the giver is usually the uh, is members of the Poultry and Egg National Board and other representatives of the turkey industry. So there you go. They're actually private turkeys. I wonder if, like, George... It would be funny if George... H.W. Uh, just pardoned this turkey on a lark, and then it turned into this whole thing, and now we have a turkey ranch somewhere. Well, how can you? How because can you kill? Keep these turkeys alive. We can't kill them now that they're pardoned. How can you kill a turkey? Like, who's gonna follow that act? You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, you don't want to be the first president. You to don't want to be the turkey. first person, president to kill a turkey. What a PR nightmare! Yeah, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, Trump, Trump's gonna kill this turkey. <laughs> if anyone, if anyone's gonna do it. <laughs> Make America carnivore. Oh man, that's that's a good one. Now I know about the. Uh... The, the Ravens, ravens of the, the Tower of, of London. The Tower of London. I kind of want to dig into this topic more on my own after post-recording and yeah. see what I find and maybe do a part two if I find anything more. Because it, it's I'm not satisfied with what the my research has put out there. Well, if if uh, yeah, if you learn more, you'll have to update us or maybe maybe eventually that's another segment we could have on the show. Mm -hmm. if we like start uncovering small like revisit some of our topics information about past topics instead of like doing a whole nother episode yeah. we could just and i think we've i think we've done corrections before right yeah well and the mispronunciation going down that path we might never come might, out again yeah that's that, that's a good point that's all the show's gonna be yeah man i should have talked about the turkey pardon instead yeah, I feel like <laughs> I feel like that one's less obscure because people Well, it's less obscure because we're Americans. Right. And but it's I think there's another sense of obscurity in that like a lot of people know of it. You know, they know it's a thing that happens, but they mm -hmm. might not know information about why, the origins of it or Ooh. you know, any of that. This is interesting. So the 2013 14 and 15 turkeys were sent to a place called Morven Park, which is in Leesburg, Virginia. Ah. It is a thousand acre historic estate and horse park. Interesting. So next time you're working in Leesburg. Yeah, we'll have to stop by and see the turkeys. The 2016 turkey is housed at Virginia Tech. They're probably very honored to have that what turkey. Do, what do you think they do with it? I don't know. I'm assuming, you know, they have some kind of they want a turkey. Some people just have turkeys around. I knew these people growing up, they just had a turkey as a pet. Are you sure it was a pet? And they I mean, weren't... I think they eventually ate it, but like, <laughs> if you can have it wandering, I think if you can have it wandering around your yard for, for two years, why I feel you, like if you're, you do that until the turkey dies? If you're eventually going to eat it, it's it doesn't really qualify as a pet. I mean, unless special circumstances like the apocalypse right. aside. I mean, my point was more like you... you could have it as a pet right you know just because they eventually ate it doesn't negate the fact that they had it you know just around right. for two years they didn't even have it in a pen it was just like in their yard right and it just stuck around so yeah apparently the uh virginia tech mascot is a turkey i don't really think of it as a turkey oh yeah yeah it is a turkey kind of <laughs> hmm. i think it i think it literally is a turkey 
but it just doesn't i don't think of it as a turkey yeah and i don't see why anyone would want their football team to be the turkeys so i guess that's why they call them hokies but that's not much better yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know i never thought about that yeah you're right it's a terrible idea (laughs) they should go back to turkeys they should start over (laughs) go turkeys apparently the modern turkey industry has roots in virginia tech the modern turkey industry yeah oh i guess bulk there's there's a well it's one of the number one schools in the country for like agriculture right right so i guess i guess somebody has to raise all those turkeys we're eating on november 25th or not it's not it's not on the 25th you can actually follow if you want to look this up you can follow on social media using the hashtag turkey pardon 2016 to follow the turkey's journey ah. so if you want to yeah you could google it right now and find out uh what happened to the turkeys in 1922 virginia cooperative extension agent charles wampler sought advice from the head of the department of poultry science a.l dean i guess that was at virginia tech in the following years dean advised wampler on turkey raising techniques Wampler is regarded as the father of the modern turkey industry and founded the National Turkey Federation in 1940. The poultry industry makes $1 billion a year in uh, the Commonwealth. You can follow at Prez, that's P-R-E-Z, Turkey, at Prez Turkey on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's the official feed of the National Thanksgiving Turkey presented at the White House. He hasn't tweeted <laughs> since uh, November 24th, 2016, though. So, Oh, dear. Very sad. Things are not looking good. Wow, he was white. Completely white turkey. Are we still talking about Trump? No, the, the turkey that was pardoned in... Uh, oh. I've never seen such a white turkey. I don't know if we need a random Wikipedia article yeah, we kinda, after all that. We that was kind of like a sub. Gave people some bonus there with the uh, with the turkey. How long of a tangent was that? Uh, not too long. I think we have a, we have enough time to do one. I could always cut it if it's not very good. Yeah. Do you want to? Well, let's let's hit it. I'll, I'll see what it see what see what we get, and then uh, you know if it's not. So this portion of the show is the random Wikipedia article segment. This is a good one. I already hit the button. You hit the button. Yeah, it's, it's you skipped rife. over all my. It's rife for uh, rife. It's 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 ripe for mispronunciation. Very good. So splendid. Yeah. Anyway, continue explaining. I was I was gonna go through all the pomp and circumstance, but right. you jumped the gun and pushed the yeah, button. Sorry. So now I don't know what life <laughs> means anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people still don't know what's going on unless they've listened to the show before, which they probably right. have, except. Maybe they haven't. Maybe they haven't. I don't know. Who you knows? Never know. The, the funny thing is, the funny thing is, we record these at this point, mm-hmm. so far out ahead. But with the right, idea, yeah. but but knowing that the show basically has almost no one listening to it still. Right. But at any moment, by the time this episode gets out, <laughs> it could have really blown up. That's true. We don't know, especially with our new marketing initiative. Yeah. Yeah. So. So anyway, what, uh, we've got a random Wikipedia article. We push the button. We just push the random button and uh, see what happens. And then we mispronounce things for 20 <sighs> minutes. We've got a page here called Lattice Loss, the Posthumous. Do tell. Uh, Lattice Loss, the Posthumous. Humus? Post, posthumous? Posthumous? Posthumous. 
known also as Ladislas, was the... What's the difference between Ladislas? It's just an alternate spelling. It looks like Ladislas and Ladislas. Oh, uh, he was the Duke of Austria, the King of Hungria, Hungary, <laughs> Croatia, and Bohemia, and was the post-posthumous son of Albert of Habsburg and Elizabeth of Luxembourg. Albert was had bequeathed all his realms to his future son on his deathbed, but only the estates of Austria accepted his last will. Fearing an Ottoman, Ottoman invasion, the majority of the Hungary, Hungarian lords and prelates, prelates offered the crown... A high-ranking member of the clergy. <clears throat> ...to Vladislas III of Poland. The Hussite noblemen and towns of Bohemia did not acknowledge the hereditary right of Albert's descendants to the throne, but did not elect a new king. It continues. Hmm. This is actually a fascinating individual. So he's called posthumous because his father died before he was born? He was, is that the idea? He was the posthumous son of Albert of Habsburg. Albert had bequeathed all his realms to his future son on his deathbed. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. But see, his name makes it sounds like he is somehow posthumous. Like right. he existed right. after his own death. Yeah. Which is a little weird. But he's, I guess he's just known as. As the posthumous. Maybe there's because... some kind of definition of posthumous that I'm unaware of. Obviously, it has something to do with after death, but, right. but maybe there's an additional. Like the most, the most common use is like when. Somebody wins an award posthumously. Like right. Heath Ledger won the Best Actor Oscar. Yeah. Oscar and somebody could have a son posthumously, but like it's odd that the son would then carry that name. Yeah. Apparently, after his birth, his mother seized the crown, the Holy Crown of Hungary, and had uh, had her son crowned with it. Oh, there was a there was a definition I was not aware of. This is what came up. Uh, Posthumous is a five track EP from the American hardcore punk metalcore band The Banner. Originally recorded as the band's first and unnamed demo, it was handed out at the band's local shows to fans and attendees. As a result of the popular demo tape, the band won a contract with a local New Jersey punk specialist label, Blackout! Exclamation mark Records. The demo was then renamed posthumous and was re-released as a cd ep it was the when first was it of released? two recordings the band released with blackout uh what was that <laughs> when was this ep originally released uh it doesn't have any dates i just learned something that makes me very happy the uh legislative body the parliament of hungary was known as the Diet of Hungary. <laughs> <laughs> is that an English translation of whatever That's, they were called, or was that, that I, is that <laughs> the Diet of Hungary? There it is. All right, in black and white on the internet. Originally, Parliamentum Publicum. So that would be like the Latin name of it. Hungarian. Yeah, there, that, there's a Hungarian word there that I wouldn't even try to pronounce, but... But there you go. What in the world? The Diet of Hungary. <laughs> 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 I 
diet met at least once every three years. There must be another meaning to the word diet, too. That's just, that's just too much of a coincidence that the Hungarian parliament would be called diet. Yeah. That both of those words would mean... So they knew. Somebody knew when they came up with this that. This is like, either like... It's kind of like a conspiracy of ravens. Yeah. Like... There was a conspiracy of ravens that came up with this. This is... There's a lot of... Uh, uh, this week Wikipedia article about Ladilos the posthumous uh, but, is full of sort of... It's this story of kind of sociopolitical uh, intrigue. You've got all these different people who are yeah. uh, vying for the throne, and it's kind you know, of a Game of Thrones. It is. It is. It's literally what happens in spoiler alert for the first season of Game of Thrones. Um, but that's literally what happens in the beginning of Game of Thrones. Like the king dies, and the people of the kingdom or people within the kingdom refuse to accept who he appoints. And instead, they kind of institute their own. But in this case, uh, they don't elect a new king at all. So what's interesting here is that the father, Albert, King Albert, was planning to launch a military expedition against the Ottomans uh, at the time that he fell ill, leading unto his death. And when he uh, hit his kingdom to his child, he had no way of knowing if it was going to be a boy or a girl. So he stipulated that it would only be left... To his child if the child was a son so if landislas right. had been had been born landislasa right then there's okay there's this other very uh odd bit to this which is that the hungarian lords and prelates they refuse to accept the the deceased king's last will right so they're not accepting the son mm -hmm. as the rightful heir and then they offer the crown to this guy from Poland named Vladislaus. Right. So they refused to give it to Vladislaus. But they gave it to Vladislaus. But they try to give it to Vladislaus. Right. That must be, that name must be linked in some way to like some sort of uh, yeah. royalty or it must mean something or just be a very common, or it's not the same name even though, but just like Vladislaus yeah. and Vladislaus. Yeah. Very coincidental. Very suspicious. There's a lot of coincidences Very here. suspicious. There must have been a lot of okay soda in the Diet of Hungary, because there's so many coincidences. Yeah, yeah. He, it sounds like he did eventually come to power. Well, there was a, um, a civil war kind of broke out before they had a chance to elect a new king. Hmm. Or it's because very, the, it's the very kingdom. It's very sort of convoluted. Yeah, the kingdom that uh, Albert ruled over consisted of like three different countries. It was like Austria, uh, Hungary, and Luxembourg, I think. Yeah, we'll we'll link to this article in. Uh, there's there's much more here than we could ever possibly cover. We'll, this is, I mean, this is a whole <clears throat> episode unto itself. We'll maybe link, even a two-parter. We'll link to the, the the article in the show notes, or just Google Ladislaus, the po the posthumous. There's a nice. It kind of rolls off the tongue. There's a nice little uh, ring to it. it Ladislaus. It, it could the be a band name. Let's see if there's any like. Well, I mean, it's it's at least the name of an EP, not the Ladislaus part. <laughs> <laughs> Blackout. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, See also Hofum Tarchbiel. This turkey is so white, man. I don't see anything about like popular culture references to him. I feel like with a name like Lat Ladislas, the, the posthumous, posthumous, 
that he would be referenced in. I mean, this seems like a pretty obscure dude, even he though never married. quite a bit known about him. Oh. There was a uh, marriage proposal set up, but the uh, he died by the time the contract was signed by his envoys in Paris. He was going to marry a woman named Magdalena, who was the daughter of Charles VII of France. There you go. I guess not living terribly long was sort of a thing in those days. Uh, the related... Being the 1400s? The related section of Wikipedia links to... A card uh, game. Hoffer... Uh, Ho Famsterspiel? Ho Famsterspiel, a court office game, was one of the earliest card games on record, preserved in, it, in its entirety with all 48 cards intact. It is a major 15th century medieval handmade deck commissioned by Ladislaus the Posthumous, King of Hungary and Bohemia and Duke of Austria from 1453 to 1457. Wow. It was among the great collection of art treasures. He was only 17 when he died. Oh, yeah. So he didn't. So. Well, he only, I mean, he only ruled from 1453 to 1457. What a life. <sighs> hey, he's. I feel really, like this guy should be a movie. He's got one of the earliest card games. Yeah. Fascinating. Wow. They still, I mean, they have images of all these cards. We could do a whole episode on this guy. They're really ornate. Yeah, this guy's an episode unto himself. We really, you really clicked well this time. The, uh, the Wikipedia spirits uh, bl blessed us. And we almost didn't do it. And we almost didn't do it to think. To think. That'll, uh. that'll teach us to never not. Well, I think we've uh, we did did a good we did good work. I think today. we did what we set out to do. Good topic, Ben. Thomas. Yes. If uh, people want to know more about blackout or anything yes. else that we talked about today, uh, how might they find well, that information? Well, you can you can check out the show notes at obscuragami.com or in the description on your podcast player or on the YouTube player, or go on Wikipedia and search blackout. Yeah, I'm sure you can find more information about them there. Also, if people, if you want to get in contact with us, maybe you've played uh, Ho Hammerspiel mm -hmm. uh, yourself, or you have six ravens in your attic and you just want to tell us about them, um, you could send us an email, uh, and the address for that would be info at obscuragami.com. I think that's cool. all relevant. I think that's relevant that's the main thing. Subscribe yeah, is subscribe. a good one. Tell your friends. Yeah. Share the podcast. I think yeah. we need to have like uh, bumper stickers that say keep oh, obscure gummy obscure. That would be good. See, I like stickers would be a good a good thing to have. And mm -hmm. maybe we could link that in with our contest or something like that. Because yeah. I'd love to have a good like obscure. Gummy Stay tuned for more developments. Yeah. Yeah. That would be that could temporary be tattoos. Yeah. Because, like, T-shirts, you do, like, a T-shirt or something, it's kind of yeah. pretentious. It's like, nobody's going to wear a T-shirt yeah. for your podcast. You, I mean, you've got to be, like, one of the top yeah. ten podcasts for people to even want a T-shirt. But a sticker, a sticker you could put anywhere. You don't even have to like the podcast. You'd be like, sure, no. I'll take a sticker. I'll take a sticker, put it on my butt. Yeah, you could use it to, like, you could cut the sticker up into strips and then use it as tape <laughs> to seal, like, envelopes or something. Yeah, or, like, leaking faucets or... Yeah. So many uses. So many uses.